Welcome to day 108 of uh, Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drum of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with Katie Kresge, Matt Kresge, and David Keith as we uh, come to the close of the book of Joshua. And, of course, we'll cover one of the passages that is one of the most dear passages, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, today where Joshua said, you know, as for me and my house, we, we will serve the Lord. There are a lot of different choices you have in the land where you're going but we have dedicated ourselves to the Lord. And he'll also say to Israel, be very careful uh, because uh, you're not able to follow this God with your cavalier attitude that you have. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting, you know, final word, which very much reflects the interesting final word of Moses, you know, as we come, you know, from the book of Deuteronomy. So we come to uh, Joshua chapter 24 uh, before we uh, read Joshua uh, let's just pause and thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here with him. Ask the Lord to show us a true picture of who he is. To show us a true reflection of who we are. and to stir in our hearts the desire to be transformed into the image of His Son by His Spirit through His Word. Amen. Mm -hmm. Joshua 24, And then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel. They presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor. I lived beyond the Euphrates, lived beyond the Euphrates and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abram from the land beyond the Euphrates and read him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and son the hill country of Seir, uh, to Esau, but to Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you out of the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you, but I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again and delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve, uh, forsake the Lord and serve other gods, He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you, after He has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, "No, we will serve the Lord." Then Joshua said, "You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord." Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord your God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of the Lord. Then he took a large stone and set it up under the oak near the place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, the stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnasera, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaish. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who lived, who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. <laughs> and Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had... Katie, why don't you finish reading for me yeah. while I just cough right <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> and Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibeah, which had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. So we come to the end of another you know, nice movement to, you know, within Scripture when Israel has crossed uh, the Jordan River and uh, has taken for a large part the possession of the land. There are many you know, pockets that are still left. Uh, and Joshua, the, one of the two spies who earlier had been faithful, you know, to the Lord, and uh, has lived now for 110 years. Of course, he was, uh, you know, probably 80 years old when he took, you know, the position, of, you know, position of leadership, you know, that he, you know, that he had. And so God has used him in a mighty way, and he is uh, going the ways of all the earth, uh, laying down to rest. Uh, and uh, we have his, his final words. So words of encouragement, also words of warning. What a need to, to just be, to be renewed. I mean, over the last, really several chapters that we've been reading together through here, we're just reminded that God's people are constantly needing to be renewed in, the, in that covenant, you know, with the Lord. And uh, I mean, just even for us, you know, it's, it's not simply enough to just say, well, I've trusted Jesus once and, you know, now I just live. But even Paul's mm-hmm. words in Romans, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that, that there's this constant need for, for being renewed in the gospel and being reminded of, of all that Christ has done, you know, looking forward to, to all that he will continue to do in us. But 
to, to renew our own hearts. Um, you know, even as the people, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And Joshua says, "Do you really know what you're what you're saying?" You know, I, there's deep consequences and implications to to these words that you're you're saying. And and so that call to not just do away with other gods, but to yield your hearts to the Lord. You know, we we need that renewal on a daily basis. Oh, what a great phrase! <clears throat> Being careful to yield your heart <clears throat> to the Lord in a place of stubbornness and rebellion, but also a place of uh, affection. Uh, you know, as well. You know, as as you talk about it, and I, you wish I had a count. You know, reading back through as we've you know done our journey through uh, the narrative passages of the Old Testament you know, to this point, and we'll do the New Testament as well. Of the number of times that. Uh, uh, the people of Israel or individuals in Israel stopped and built an altar and renewed, you know, the covenant or recalled the words of the, the covenant. And as you were saying that, I was wondering, you know, how often do we need to re- renew ourselves? And, and, of course, we probably need to preach the gospel to ourselves not only day by day but moment by moment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we talk about this, you know, in, in terms of our marriage, to renew our marriage covenant. Where we remember, you know, the joy of our first love and we remember... Uh, you know, our pledges of faithfulness and uh, recall that gift and rededicate ourselves to faithfulness in that gift. And if that is, uh, you know, something that is a, a beautiful part of uh, celebrating, you know, the progress of our marriage, that is also a beautiful part of celebrating our progress with the Lord that we continue uh, to remember and continue to you know, I, I love, you know, the way Paul does, I mean, not Paul, but the way John does in Revelation when he calls. Uh, you know, the church at Ephesus uh, to return to their first love. Mm-hmm. Remember the heights from which you have fallen, repent, and do the things that you did at first. And of course, that's a also a covenant renewal in New Testament terms. Yeah, no, even as you, know, you were reading it, Paul, and as Katie was finishing this out, the just how good it was even from a heart to just be reminded of, of this story and to be reminded of, of who God was and, and what he's accomplished and even that small reminder at the verse at the end of verse 12 that you did not do it with your own sword and bow and so knowing that this is a, a story that's accomplished for the glory of god and, and how my heart needs to be reminded that this is not a story that exists for my glory or, or my fame or anything like that but this is a story that exists to not exalt me but to exalt him no, absolutely and uh and how my heart can't usually get there mm-hmm. until I've reflected on on the story. Uh, and the story for us would be the gospel, which we obviously believe is united in Christ Jesus from beginning to end in Scripture. And so we can almost go nearly anywhere in Scripture, even here in Joshua 24, and not just be reminded of God's faithfulness to Israel, but also in that covenant, but his faithfulness to us in Christ and, and in the covenant we have in Christ. And so the stories always point us to Jesus, which is just... No, really it's, it's probably been a long time since we've broken out our sword and our bows, um, but you know that is a very common you know thing for us to be more impressed with our ingenuity and our gifts and uh, our hard work than we are with the you know the supernatural working of God in and through all of those things. And we've reminded ourselves as we've you know moved through Joshua, you know that sometimes you know the battles are won supernaturally where it's obviously the hand of God, and sometimes. Uh, they're one, you know, they're very common, common means, but there is no separation between the two. It's the same God working in the, you know, the the, the miraculous, and, and of course, it's it's hard to kind of put a divide, you know, between the working of God to extraordinary and ordinary. All the works of God are extraordinary, but sometimes He works through ordinary means. Mm-hmm. So certainly, you know, bow and sword 
<clears throat> were drawn, but never were they the cause of yeah. success or victory. And even the successes or victories we have, you know, by our own ingenuity and our own hard work and stuff are not nearly, uh, or do not even begin to compare with fruitfulness. And there's a lot of difference between success and fruitfulness. Success mm-hmm. is you've accomplished your goal. Fruitfulness is God is accomplishing his goals in you mm-hmm. through his spirit. And that next verse after the sword and bow verse um Verse 13, so I gave you a land on which you did not toil in cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Um, it's so easy for us to miss that this is actually a word-for-word fulfillment of what was said in Deuteronomy. So I um, I looked it up while you were reading. and I noticed that. I saw those pages kind of flipping <laughs> and distracting yeah. me. I was like, Otherwise, I, I could have read, read much more capably. But then. Yeah, so, I mean, it's in Deuteronomy. We just finished the book of Joshua. It's so, so easy to miss when if we're reading slowly through the Bible. But um, in Deuteronomy 6, and verse 10, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So this, all of these things have happened for them at this point, and now they're at this point at a point at a kind of a crossroads when Joshua their leader is about to die and they need to be reminded this promise was fulfilled for you so continue walking with your faithful God and man that's I think that's just a fun little we just miss those all the time and it's just fun when we catch them yeah and, and, and of course you know Paul will build on that when he comes to the Corinthians and um, you'll say um, what do you have that you did not receive and if you did receive it why do you bust and brag as though you did not remember the Lord your God. He is the one who has given you the power, you know, to produce wealth. So even you know, even if we were to uh, you know credit our ingenuity and our hard work, the Lord is the one who has given us both the heart and the ability to do what we do. So everything we do is is the equivalent of living in vineyards we did not plant and right. eating from olive groves, you know, that we mm-hmm. uh, did not cultivate. Uh, they're all gifts of God. These these passages, kind of last speeches, farewells, you know, burial passages, are, are just great reminders and really good for my own heart. Where you know, God's God continues. He's he was working before Joshua. He's going to continue to work after Joshua. You know, the 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 call for us is to just live the moments that God has granted us. You know, James. You know, this brief you know, mist of a life, mm-hmm. to live it faithfully with the Lord, knowing that ultimately, you know, Joshua saw, saw, saw far beyond that, you know, this wasn't just about him. This was about what the Lord was doing, yeah. and he played a small part. But, I mean, how many other people, you know, who were advisors along with Joshua do we have no idea who they were? You know, they were just kind of living in that miraculous ordinary, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, yeah. and, and, and just living in obscurity and faithfulness and and so here we are at the end of Joshua's life, and you know, God's continuing to work. You got it's, you know, God continues to bring about His plan of redemption, um, but He He delights in using us as well in the midst of that. And, and so it's just a reminder to me: I mean, God is faithful. He calls me to obedience and to faithfulness, and ultimately, this life's not about me. And that frees me up to enjoy Him and, and live for Him. Mm. And 
once you get over yourself. <laughs> uh, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that even when we're not, um, you remain faithful. And so we ask, Father, that you would renew us today in the gospel, uh, moment by moment, second by second. Uh, would we be um, captured by you, and would our hearts um, be yielded over to you? Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.